0: Welcome to the Answers for Elders radio show. Meet the trusted experts who will give you straight answers and will help guide you on the path of later life care. Now, here's your host, founder, caregiver, and CEO, Suzanne Newman. And welcome everyone to the Answers for Elders radio network, and it's a great as time at this time to start out fall, right. And we're in the autumn season where we're, um, have the leaves turning and the changing and the loss of the foliage from the summer and our, our everything kind of diminishes. And it's so interesting because, you know, the diminishment, there's a great metaphor, I think for our next guest because we have a guest that is nationally renowned, including, um, appearances with Oprah Winfrey and Maria Shriver. She's an uh, Alzheimer's and dementia expert. And my friend that I have known for a very, very long time, um, Ms. Lori LeBay from Alzheimer's Speaks. And welcome to the show, Lori.
1: Well, Suzanne, I'm so excited to be here with you. So thanks for having me on today.
0: You know, I'm excited because, um, you know, I talked about the, the leaves on the trees diminishing. And a lot of times I think about, that's kind of what happens with the brain on Alzheimer's. And we watch as things fade away with our loved ones. And for those of you that are listening- Um, We're in the Pacific Northwest, I am, and Lori is coming to us from Minneapolis, but one of the things that I'm aware of in the state of Washington, um, we have the most, one of the most highest per capita of residents in the state of Washington that are suffering from Alzheimer's disease. Um, We don't know necessarily why that is, (laughs) I don't know. But it's certainly interesting. It's an interesting statistic and one that we really pay attention to in Answers for Elders. And of course, I remember when I first got into the industry, this is in the early days of Answers for Elders, um, I reached out to Lori primarily not only because I thought she was amazing and I started listening, believe it or not, to when she started doing podcasts, which is way before me. Um, and Lori, you were such a great um, help to me in understanding a lot of how I view Alzheimer's disease. And, you know, you and I both have a similar story. You lived with your um, mom that started in with dementia and going through. And so you had a firsthand experience of being a quote unquote family caregiver, just like I did. Yeah. My mom lived with the disease for 30 years. That is amazing. That is amazing. It's just almost unheard of. So tell us a little bit about your background before we get into Alzheimer's Speaks, which you are incredible. And we're going to go into and talk to everyone about all the resources that are available to you. And if you know of anyone, uh, you're listening to this podcast and you think, you know, I know, you know, someone that has a loved one with Alzheimer's. I hope that you will direct Um, them to this podcast, because this lady is really one of our most um, amazing ones out there um, in the industry. She's definitely the cream of the crop and knows her stuff. So tell us a little bit, Lori, first about your background with your mom. I know 30 years, that's a long time.
1: Yeah. So, you know, my, my mom had a doctor of 40 years who knew nothing about dementia, but back then nobody talked about it, you know, Mm -hmm. so she's been gone since 2014. So the first 10 years, she kept, what, kept being told from her doctor that it was menopause. And my mom would say, this ain't my girlfriend's menopause. When we talk about the symptoms. They are definitely different. Yeah. And, you know, and it just kept accelerating. She kept pulling back. So yeah. um, things like she uh, she told time by the TV. So if you would go over there, the guys would go over. They'd want to watch a football game. They want to change the, the channel. They couldn't. Because mom would have to have it on channel four, because she knew by the anchors in the news what time of day it was. And we didn't realize that's what that was all about. But she couldn't read a clock anymore. You know, she didn't, if the phone rang, she wasn't quite sure what it was, you know, she um, couldn't really use the appliances. She started withdrawal. She was really social. So there were a lot of changes that took Mm -hmm. place, you know, during that time. biggest thing was, I think, the frustration of getting a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And then even once we did, and we had to, like, claw, tooth, and nail, get this back. Then they sent it to us in the mail. She's got the mentality of a three-year-old. Don't let her out of your sight. And we're like, really? That's that's it? Um, But that's how it was done, you know, back then. And so. And this is what year? Oh gosh, this was back in, this would have been in the eighties then Yeah, uh, when she finally, when she finally got a, a diagnosis and um, cause it started in the, in the seventies and, you know, it was just, it was so frustrating. You felt alone. Nobody really talked about it. Nobody knew mm-hmm. what Alzheimer's was. The word dementia wasn't even discussed. Mm-hmm. People were still talking about people being senile and demented. Yeah. And, and I could relate to that because when I was 13, my great aunt who I adored was in a nursing home and I'll never forget the day she didn't remember who I was. I was devastated yeah. and yeah. I cried for like two weeks thinking, how can she not know me? How could she remember my brother who could care less if, yeah. if about her at all? My mom was Isn't that weird with, and I really enjoyed her company and we were really close and i and i thought i did something wrong and i remember my mom telling yeah. me back then you know it's just when we get old this is what happens and so yeah. there weren't answers and there weren't answers with her um but i i learned to engage with her i learned to advocate for her i learned to you know, just speak up and say, there's got to be others like our family. Sure. And, and yet my dad and I were really the only two, my two brothers weren't very involved, which is probably what a lot of your audience experiences. Families aren't all on the same page. They are not definitely. Yeah. So for my brothers, I think it was the emotional part of it. They did not, they didn't want to have to deal with that. If they saw my mom declining, then there's emotions and they didn't want to, they didn't want to sure. have to process those. So, you know, it was, it was tough. I was, <clears throat> I was married. Um, You know, I have a daughter. She's only known her grandma with dementia uh, her whole life. And when, when she was like, I don't know, maybe three or four years old, she was coloring with grandma and I walked in the door and they both held up their pictures and you couldn't tell who was prouder.
0: Oh. I mean,
1: And it just it melted my heart though, because they were just, you know, there's those joyful moments. And instead Mm -hmm. of poo-pooing them and go, oh, why is grandma doing that? Appreciating that grandma is doing that. Yeah. And that your child is benefiting
0: from that. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you were insightful enough where a lot of people are not, to enter grandma where she was, you know, in other words, to acknowledge that this is where she's at. And to be and to meet them in that moment, and I think that's really where you know I I find a lot of families they they'll want to correct their loved one or they'll want to tell mom that isn't how it is. Um, or anything like that. And I remember having a mentor when I was taking care of my mom, although my mom had vascular dementia, it was, but it's similar. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, you know, I would correct her because I was trying so hard to be a good caregiver, you know, and I wanted to make sure they had all the facts straight. And I remember just thinking, you know, it would be terrible if they believed that she said something and it wasn't true, you know, because it's not, it goes against my wiring, you know, but, the um, nurse of the facility where she was living at, at the time at the, at the skilled nursing uh, center, she said to me, she goes, Suzanne, uh, let me tell you something. Um, the truth is pretty much irrelevant at this point in her life. And I just kind of went, wow. That's really good. And I learned then it, there was a way that I could still communicate to doctors in a different way without demeaning her and mm-hmm. or correcting her because that just caused a division. And I think that's part of um, what you did right from day one is you met her where she was.
1: Well, I wouldn't say from day one. I, I went through those <laughs> times too. But I learned fairly quickly that, mm-hmm. you know, um, perception is reality. Right. Offline, for all of us, dementia or not, our, yeah. our history, our thoughts, our beliefs become our reality. And yeah. it's just with somebody with dementia, you can't logic with them. Yeah. And for me, it got to a point of like, there was a point when my dad passed we could keep reliving that with her Mm -hmm. and going, no dad's gone and have her cry and and just go through this grieving process. Or we can say what's more important than time and and our reality. But is she safe? Is she happy? Is she
0: painful? And who
1: would want a loved one or really anyone to have to keep reliving a moment like that?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And
1: and so, you know, there's ways around that people go, well, I'm not going to lie. And it's like, you know, I call it a fiblet, where you just you, you kind of a fiblets. A fiblet, I love yep, that. Where you kind of form the truth to fit the moment. Uh huh. And so you know, dad dad just went out with his friends for a little while, and he is he's in heaven with his friends for a while. Yeah, and she, yeah. She will see him eventually. Yeah. You know, but I had to frame it different in my head because mm-hmm. I didn't want her going through the grief. Mm-hmm. And and that she could understand that. she Sure. Could process. And there's sure. a saying, you know, you're never going to win an argument with a person with dementia. Exactly. So, so stop trying because then you're, you're just going to elevate your grief to go mm-hmm. through that process.
0: Well, and also, you know, even though, you know, if you have a parent, obviously I had a difficult childhood with my mother. I mean, my mom and I were never close, but what I learned was, is that there was all kinds of um punishment to oh, to deal with if i contradicted anything she had to say and and even though i was right you know of reremembering facts or things like that it didn't help the fact that it wasn't a um you know it wasn't a positive outcome between your, her and i and mm-hmm. i just learned eventually like you said i love your your little phrase called a fiblet it truly <laughs> is it's it's you know it's the greater Good, it's the fact that understanding that their reality is not necessarily our reality, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Lori, we're gonna be together. I'm so excited to our listeners. We're gonna be together this hour, and so we're gonna have three more segments together. But I want all of our listeners before we go to segment two, how do we reshoot? real easy just go to
1: alzheimerspeaks.com and there we have one whole page that has free educational resources big wide variety we'll talk about that more a little bit later but just go to alzheimerspeaks.com
0: we're very excited and again Lori LeBay from alzheimerspeaks.com is with us this hour we're so excited and we'll be right back right after this Answers for Elders thank you for listening. Did you know that you can discover hundreds of podcasts in our library on senior care? So visit our website and discover our decision guides that will help you also navigate decision making. Find us at AnswersForElders.com. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show.